We are starting a new sermon series uh, called Let Go, and we're going to be talking about trusting God over the next several Sunday mornings. You know, trust is the foundation of any relationship, whether it's between coworkers or friends, spouses, or our relationship with God. So I want to spend some time this month helping you build your trust in God. And when we really, truly trust God with our whole heart, we're able to let go and to be at peace. It's not an easy thing, but it's so important. So we're going to talk about trusting God's promises, his timing, and his goodness. But this morning, I want to talk with you about trusting in God's power. You know, if we don't trust in God's power, we'll settle for what can be done with human power, right? We'll just do what we know we can do, and we'll miss out on so much of what God wants to do in the world through us. It's not just about what God wants to do in me or for me, but it's about what God wants to do for others through me, right? So the people around you will miss out on what God wants to accomplish through you if we don't trust in God's power. Um, if we don't trust in his power, our character will not look much different from the non-Christians around us because we will just trust our own will to change, right? So any form of spiritual growth can be, can be stunted if we're just trusting our own willpower to make that change instead of trusting in his power. When we trust in, in him to renew us from the inside out, though, our transformation has unlimited potential, and this is such an important part of the Christian life because when we trust in God's power instead of our own, he will do greater things than we can imagine. God will do amazing things in our world when we trust in his power, and I want to talk with you about that this morning. So what do we need to let go of to trust his power or when we trust in his power? We're going to take a look at a story from the Gospel of Matthew this morning, and, and we'll dig into that question. Um, in Matthew 14, Matthew records an account of Jesus walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee so that future Christians will know that Jesus is truly God, not merely a human like the rest of us. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 22 and read a big section here. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. And night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. And then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, 
they exclaimed. Can you imagine being there to see this? How amazing would that be to see Jesus walking on the water? Now, the disciples have zero expectation of this. Just like you or I would if we were in that situation, they have just no frame of reference that this is possible. So they literally thought that it was more likely that a ghost was out for a midnight stroll than that Jesus could walk on water. And sometimes when God demonstrates his power, it doesn't fit our categories. It doesn't match our expectations, and we don't really recognize what God is doing right away. So Peter was the first to perceive what was really going on here. Peter was a pretty bold dude. And when he trusted the power of Jesus, he got to be a part of what God was doing. I imagine him with his eyes just fixated on Jesus. And without ever breaking his gaze, he just swings his legs over the side of the boat. And the other disciples are like, no, um, Peter, 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 don't. No. And then they see him walking on the water and their eyes get about this big and their jaws hit the floor as this miracle is happening. Peter trusted that if Jesus told him to do something, that he would make it possible. He trusted that Jesus had power over the wind and the waves. But part of trusting in Jesus was letting go of the boat, right? And if you were in that situation, would you let go of the boat? In your own life, do you, do you trust God's power enough to let go? Do you trust that if God calls you to do something, that he will make it possible? I want to dig into those questions a little bit this morning because to trust God's power, you need to let go of these two things. First, let go of control. Are you willing to give God control over the situation? You see, when we are in control, we get the results that we can accomplish. But when we give God control, we get the results that he can accomplish. If we don't surrender control of our lives to him, we will miss out on the amazing and sometimes even supernatural plans that God has for our lives. The reason it's so important to surrender control to God is because his plans are often very different from our plans. He is all-knowing and we are not. We have a, a limited perspective and that will always mean that our attempts to control and plan the best outcome to a situation will fall short of God's amazing plan. And really, I mean, if you've been in church any amount of time, this may be something in your head. You might be aware of this and think of it as a fact, but it hasn't really sunk in to our hearts. And, and I know I always need a reminder. Um, this is also part of the reason that Jesus sent the disciples out onto the lake in the first place. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people. And uh, throughout his ministry, the crowds often wanted to make him king of Israel and to fight off the Romans. And after a big miracle like this, people were looking to start a revolution, basically. And the disciples wanted that too. Israel had this expectation that the coming Messiah would set up a political kingdom, defeat the Romans, and, and have control over their own um, country. And so they, they were looking to start a revolution, but that wasn't what Christ wanted to do. Christ would not be controlled, nor could he be. So before anything could happen, he sent the 12 disciples out into the boat, into the storm. He knew that they would go through the storm, but it was better for them to be obedient to him and go through a storm than to control the situation for their own human agenda. 
Sometimes we'd rather fight for control of our future than obey God and go through the storm. You know, life, life isn't always peaceful seas. Sometimes even when we're in the midst of what God is doing in our lives, we have to go through the storm, but we aren't alone. God is with us. What are you going through right now that you need to surrender to God and let go? You know, are you trying to fix a relative's bad choices and, and, and get their life back on track? Let go and pray to God and, and entrust it to him. Are you ignoring God's call on your life and, and pursuing a different path for your future? Let go and trust that God's future is better for you than you, one you could create on your own. You know, God knows the storm that you're going through. Scripture says that Christ makes intercession for us, just like he prayed on the hill for the disciples out on the lake. God's watching over you. He has a plan, and he will demonstrate his power. Now, when I say that we need to let go of control, I don't mean that you should be 100% passive and expect supernatural resolutions to every single problem that we face. It's not that we don't ever have to do any work to see God's will come to pass in our lives. It's that God wants us to trust him and to do things his way. So and sometimes that does mean waiting instead of acting on something when we feel like we should. It means, you know, trusting God and his timing, right? Um, other times it means taking a step towards what God has called you to do when no one else around you is doing anything at all. Sometimes it means taking this path instead of that path. It means putting into practice what you read in Scripture and listening to the voice of the Spirit as he guides us along and practicing that humility in our walk with God. So Jesus, he walks across the water, you know, demonstrating that God has power over all of creation. But it didn't really sink in for most of the disciples. they just seen him feed thousands of people and they just saw him walk on the water, and yet 11 of them didn't even try to get out of the boat, right? Why? What motivates us to hang on to control in our lives in the midst of the storm? Now, I think there's a couple reasons for that. And the first is that pride motivates us to do it ourselves. We do the work because we want the credit. But the problem is that we miss out on seeing God's power work in our lives when pride compels us to rely on ourselves. Sometimes Jesus is right next to us in the middle of the storm, but we want to keep rowing, right? We want to make it through the storm ourselves. We adjust the sails, we try to bail out the water in the boat, and our mind is fixated on the water and the waves. But Jesus is walking on the water. We can either get out of the boat and walk with him, or he comes to us like at the end of this account and he calms the storm. But either way, we have to trust God and his power. Um, after Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven, um, Peter became one of the early leaders of the church. And we actually have a couple of his letters in our Bibles. Um, and this is one thing that he said about humility and the power of God. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. So Instead of doing the work to get the credit, we trust God enough to humbly submit ourselves, to put ourselves underneath God and allow him to show his power in the situation. And, you know, and in the right timing, he will honor us, but we shouldn't try to take that glory for ourselves and row our way out of the storm. It's all about bringing him glory, right? And not bringing ourselves glory. 
Another emotion that motivates us to hang on to control in the midst of the storm is fear. Fear motivates us to control our lives tightly. And really, fear is often a form of doubt because we believe that this other thing has more power than God. Or we believe that if a certain thing happens, God cannot bring good out of that situation. So we focus on the power of that thing and we're afraid of and we clench our hands tighter and tighter and we strive at all costs to prevent our fear from coming true. Fear blinds our eyes to the presence of God. The disciples had just seen him demonstrate his power in all these ways, but they were so afraid of the wind and the waves, they didn't recognize Jesus on the water. Their eyes were fixated on the wind and the waves. And so they saw him as a ghost. In all reality, the all-powerful God of the universe was right next to them. And they had no idea. They only saw something to be afraid of. So maybe fear has blinded your heart to God's presence. You're not even aware that he's right next to you in your storm. You can trust him. You can let go of control. Um, And when we trust him, he'll do greater things than we can imagine. There's a story in the book of Judges about a man named Gideon. Um, And Gideon was, uh, how do I put this? Gideon was a doubter and he was a coward. He was a a big wimp. And during this time, Israel was kind of like the Wild West, okay? It's not very organized. There's, you know, bands of marauders running wild across the nation, all over the place. And when God shows up to talk to Gideon, God God wants to, you know, rescue the people of Israel from these uh, bad guys that are oppressing them. So God shows up to talk to Gideon, and Gideon is doing his work in a hole in the ground to hide from the bad guys. And when God tells him he wants to use him, Gideon basically says, listen, I am the wimpiest guy in our entire country, and not even you could save Israel with me. His fear and his insecurity kept him from trusting God. But over time, Gideon came to trust God more and more. And he began to obey God when God asked him to do some crazy things um, that probably didn't make any sense to him or us. Um, let's check out Judges chapter 7 here. Verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. So Gideon had assembled uh, 32,000 men for his army to fight the Midianite bad guys. But God doesn't want the people of Israel to brag or take the credit. So God makes sure that that can't happen. God gives Gideon a couple steps and he whittles his army down to 300 men instead of 32,000. And now God says, perfect. Now trust me for victory. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon did it. He collected the provisions and the ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. And that night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. And those 300 men defeated a massive army through God's miraculous power and and God's um, creative strategy. And you can read about it here in the book of Judges uh, sometime. It's an amazing story. But their victory didn't come because they were strong enough. There was only 300 of them. They're vastly 
outnumbered. Their victory came because their God was strong enough. He was stronger. And I don't know what your battle is, but God can do more in your life with limited resources than you can with everything that you think you need. His plan is so much better than yours, but it might seem impossible until you see it happen. So let go of control like Gideon. You don't have to know every detail of God's plan. Just trust God and take the next step that he's calling you to do. You know, when you admit that you need his help and his power is greater, you open the door to seeing God demonstrate his power in your life. Uh, the second thing that we need to do to trust God's power is to let go of our limited imagination. Eleven of the disciples could not imagine that Jesus was capable of walking on water, let alone that they could join him in it. But Peter could. He was so fixated on Jesus, he didn't think about how, you know, he'd been a fisherman his whole life. He's never seen anybody walk on water. He believed that anything was possible with God. But me and you, we're probably a lot more like the 11 disciples, you know? When we don't trust God, we're, we're just blinded to the possibilities of what God could do. But God is capable of doing way more than our minds can possibly handle. He will blow your mind. You know, my limited imagination just can't conceive of everything that God has for me and everything he knows about the future. Paul said this to some early Christians in Ephesus. He said, glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. God can blow your mind. God can do far beyond what you could ever even think to ask him. You can't even imagine possibly what he is capable of accomplishing. He has created the entire universe. So every quark inside every proton, inside every atom, inside every molecule exists at his command. There are billions of galaxies, billions of light years away that he has created that we can't even see with the naked eye. And actually our knowledge of how big our universe is, is limited. It's bigger than we can possibly measure or observe. In the first five books of the Bible, God helped a couple uh, in their 90s, I think Abraham may have been about 100 when their baby was born. He freed an entire nation from slavery. He parted the Red Sea and more. In the Gospels, Jesus cast out demons. He walked on water. He calmed a storm. He multiplied food. He healed the sick. He raised a couple people from the dead. And he himself rose from the grave. And then his disciples also cast out demons, healed the sick. They spoke in languages they had never learned. You know, myself, I've prayed for people. I've seen them healed. I avoided a, a life-threatening accident by this much. I've prayed for the rain to stop one time at an outreach event where we were preaching the gospel to people to see them know Christ. And it didn't rain until 10 minutes after we loaded up our stuff. I think that was a miracle in my life. And around you this morning, there are Christians here who have seen God's power at work in their lives. God is active. He is not distant. And he is working in our lives. God's not done with you yet. If you don't see it, if you're, if you're feeling like, okay, yeah, my imagination is limited. I haven't seen God's power at work in my life, at least not lately. Talk to the believers around you. Hear their stories. And if God has done something great in your life, 
pass that on. Share your story of what God has done in your life. We forget God's power so easily. So how do we let go of our limited imagination? Is there anything we can do about that? Let's take a look at um, verses 27 through 29 here of Matthew 14. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. When he knew that Jesus was with him, Peter really believed that even he himself could walk on the water if Jesus commanded him to do it. So the the presence of Jesus gives us the courage to believe in the impossible if it's the will of God. You know, does it feel like you can never break free from your addiction? Jesus is with you, and it's possible, but in his power, not in your willpower alone. Does it feel like, you know, there's no hope of saving your marriage? If both of you trust God, it is possible. Does it feel like you'll never make it through the storm that you're walking through? Christ will walk with you through it until it's over. Uh, Pastor David Platt says it like this, nothing is impossible for the people of God who trust in the power of God to accomplish the will of God. What gave Peter such strong trust in God's power was when he was focused on Christ, right? But when he had walked on the water for a while, he struggled to keep trusting, to continue Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Even those of us who have taken bold steps out of the boat, we need to remind ourselves to trust in his power and continue focusing on Jesus. Uh, Sometimes we just go back to our limited imagination and we need to focus the eyes of our heart on him again, just like Peter did when he was sinking. I remember before I came here, I had a couple job changes in uh, just over a year and this season of uncertainty revealed in my heart that I did not trust God as well as I thought I did. You know, I, I thought I was trusting God a lot with my life. And and there was parts of my heart I realized I need to trust God more. Just like Peter, you know, when he faltered. When Peter saw the wind, fear crept into his heart and he began to sink. His life began to return to the way things were without the power of Jesus because his focus shifted to his difficulties. Focusing on on our difficulties increases our fear, but focusing on God increases our faith. Uh, A.W. Tozer said that faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. When we fix the eyes of our heart on Jesus, that is faith. And taking our focus away from God can build our fears like it did for Peter. So we need to let go of control. We need to let go of our limited imagination of what God can do. Because when we trust in his power instead of our own, he can do more incredible things than we can ever possibly imagine. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God can do the impossible in your life? Do you believe that he can bring good out of your hopeless 
situation? Do you believe that he can set you free from that one sin habit that you just can't seem to stop? Do you believe that he can do more than you can to lead you into your destiny? So this morning, if you feel like that's you, if you want to increase your awareness of God's power, I want to give you some simple ways to do that. So uh, you can write these down in your notes if this is important to you. Uh, first, reflect on how God has worked in your past. You know, just like they should have thought back to God, uh, Christ feeding the 5,000. If you've been a Christian for very long, chances are very good that God has done amazing things in your life in the past. And when we remember those moments, it builds faith in our hearts that God can do it again. Uh, and the next best thing is to reflect on what God has done in other people's lives. I have a friend who is healed of a brain tumor. And when I remember his story like I was when I was preparing this message, it builds my faith. Other people's experiences with God can build our own faith in amazing ways. And this is why it's so critical to share your story, your experience with other believers. Uh, one of the things that really builds my trust in God's power is to reflect on God's amazing creation. Uh, when I'm praying, I love to look out the window and look at God's beautiful world. Uh, just as an artist puts something of themselves into their art, into what they have made, and when you look at that, you get a glimpse of who they are as a person and of, of their heart. It's the same with God's creation. When we look at it, we get a glimpse of who he is. Uh, and finally, reflect on scriptures about God's power. You can use the search function on your Bible app or Google scriptures about God's power and save them. You can write them on a sticky note, put it on your bathroom mirror or on your steering wheel while you drive or, you know, stay focused on the road. But um, keep those things in front of you, right, to remind yourself of God's power. And as you reflect on those things, it'll build your trust in his power as you spend time with him so that you will not be like the 11 who stayed on the boat, but be like Peter and step out in faith upon the water. So this morning, if you feel like you don't trust in God's power as much as you would like to, uh, would you do something with me? Hold out your, your fists like this and symbolically open your hands and let go of control and of your limited imagination. And as we do that, let's pray together. God, we come to you this morning. We let go. Lord, we release control to you. Lord, guide us. We will take the steps that you show us to take. Lord, as strange as they may sound, just like Gideon, God, we will obey you. We will follow you and trust you that your plan is better. God, help us to lose our fears in our trust in you. Lord, that we trust you so much we wouldn't fear the wind and the waves. Lord, that we would be fixated on you and seek you with our whole heart. Help us to trust you more than ever before. Open our, you know, our imagination to the possibilities that you could do, that we would trust you, Lord. We love you. God, we pray that you would meet us here this morning Lord as we seek you in communion Lord we want to receive your grace help us to trust you more in your name